Heavenly Father, we thank You for this evening. You are the great God of heaven and earth. This month we thank You, Lord, as a church. We pray together what Paul wrote for us in Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has caused us to be born again to a living hope and blessed be the God and Father who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. So tonight on this Wednesday evening, we, we pause by thanking you for blessings. We count our many blessings. And we can name them one by one. Your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, and on and on they go. May our hearts be warmed by remembering your great blessings to us. Every spiritual blessing is ours in Jesus Christ. What rich people we are. How wonderful it is for us to celebrate tonight all the great blessings that we have. We are a blessed people because we have a blessed Savior. And we thank You for it. Help us tonight. Lord, forgive us of our sins. We come into this place with, with great distractions and uh, various challenges and joys, all kinds of emotions we bring to this place. So as we begin, may we now practice what Your Word teaches us. May we confess our sin and set it aside and then be able to receive Your Word with gratitude and humility because we need to hear Your Word as it was preached by Isaiah, but as he was preaching, it was Your Word. Your words. So tonight, as we'll see, may we have eyes that can see and ears that can hear. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Good to see all of you. Uh, Isaiah 42 is where we find our place tonight as we continue on. And uh, Scott, good. thank you, brother. Would you just uh, bring that up just a little bit? Thank you. We're going to begin in verse number 14 and we'll go through uh, the end of the chapter 25. And I hope you picked up the outline tonight. Our focus is this, that God called on Israel to see uh, and to hear the promise of the coming Messiah. But Israel was spiritually blind and deaf. Let's read it first and then let me just uh, say some things as we open. I'm going to begin reading by reminding us that we're called to sing a new song. When we've seen the Lord Jesus and the glory of the Lord Jesus, uh, Psalm 42.10, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing His praise from the end of the earth. And then, as we saw two weeks ago, uh, this is a call for all of creation and all of those who are created to sing praise to the Lord. And then we have this great promise about the coming of the Lord Jesus and His second coming, our warrior king. Verse 13, The Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse His zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, He will raise a war cry. He will prevail against His enemies. Then we begin to read the words of the warrior king. I have kept silent for a long time. I have kept still and re restrained myself. Now like a woman in labor, I will groan. I will both gasp and pant. I will lay waste 
the mountains and hills and wither all their vegetation. I will make the rivers into coastlands and dry up the ponds. Please look at the wonderful promise. I will lead the blind by a way they do not know, in paths they do not know. I will guide them and I will make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. These are the things I will do and I will not leave them undone. They will be turned back and utterly put to shame who trust in idols, who say to molten images, You are our gods. Hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. Who is blind but my servant? Or so deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is so blind as he that is at peace with me? Or so blind as the servant of the Lord? You have seen many things, but you do not observe them. Your ears are open, but none hears. The Lord was pleased for His sake, His righteousness' sake, to make the law great and glorious. But this is a people plundered and despoiled. All of them are trapped in caves or are hidden away in prisons. They have become a prey with none to deliver them and a spoil with none to say, give them back. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will give heed and listen hereafter? Who gave Jacob up for spoil and Israel to plunderers? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned, and in whose ways they were not willing to walk, and whose law they did not obey? So He poured out on Him the heat of His anger and the fierceness of battle, and it set Him aflame all around. Yet He did not recognize it, and it burned Him, but He paid no attention. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of Your Word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. There's nothing as difficult as blindness and deafness. Now, it's been about three years. Um, I was having a really difficult eye trouble. Cataracts on my eyes were, uh, were advanced. Um, and some of you know this experience. It's just quite frustrating when you cannot see. It's difficult if you have friends or you've known friends and people who are blind what an existence to live in blindness without your eyesight. Perhaps something just as great is deafness. To not be able to hear, to live in a world that is silent. To be left out, to not pick up, to not be aware. Blindness and deafness. Well, tonight we talk about, and I want to say I thank God for the ability to see and to hear. It is a gift, you know. You all have it. I have it. doesn't matter if you have glasses or not. doesn't matter if you have assistance with hearing. Isn't it wonderful to be able to see and hear? Isn't it wonderful? What a blessing. But I'm also grateful tonight, and I give as a testimony, and I'm saying what many of you could say. I'm thankful for spiritual eyesight and spiritual ears to hear. Aren't you? That's not what the whole world knows. 
Isaiah is a challenge for us, and the reason why I'm walking us through this is because we must learn to hear the preaching of the prophets. They come from a way back time. The prophets were such a strange group of men with such oddities and particularities, but the reality is that these men spoke, and as they spoke, they said, Thus saith the Lord. That is, this is what God says. They spoke the words of God. So it is for us, even as Christians, to go back and see all of these great these great words of these men of God who were pointing to Jesus, either His first coming or His second coming. So tonight we're going to, this, this is a, tonight and, and I don't know how, I don't know what will happen. I don't know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm burdened about this subject and so we may prolong this into next week with some other things because I want us to think about the the. Uh, great sorrow we should have over our friends and family who are spiritually blind and spiritually deaf. It's the world. It's the condition of our world, my friends. This is, this is a condition of lostness. The Word of God points to seeing and hearing spiritually, but let's just let's just see all of this here and gather it up. Let's let's gather our thoughts and then we'll make some conclusions. Uh, first of all, God calls for Israel to look and to see the glorious coming of Messiah. Now I'm just going to take you back to where we started in chapter 40. You don't have to look there, but I've given it to you on your paper. Let every valley be lifted up. This is when uh, we pick this up in Isaiah 40. But remember, this is the message of John the Baptist. A voice is calling. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. It's a call for repentance. How do, I, how do I come to have the ability to see spiritually? How do I come to have the ability to hear spiritually? I must repent of my sins. So notice the call to repentance. Verse 4 of chapter 40 and 5. Let every valley be lifted up, every mountain. You know, he, this is poetic. He's describing, you know, valleys and mountains. Smooth out the way. Make the way straight. Come out of your valleys. Come off your mountains. Whatever it may be, come make the way straight by repentance. And then notice the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all flesh will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And what do we learn from John's Gospel? They saw the Lord Jesus. They saw His glory and they, they beheld Him and His glory full of grace and truth. Isaiah 49 and 10. Notice, here is your God. Here is your God. This is what God had commanded Israel to say to, the, to their own people. Here is your God. Behold, in verse 10, look is the Hebrew word. Look. Look, the Lord God. The, look, Yahweh Elohim will come with might. With His arm ruling for Him, behold, His reward is with Him and His recompense before Him. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock in his arm. He will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom, and he will gently lead the nursing ewes. This is a description of the coming of the Lord Jesus, and especially in his second coming. So we have these pictures in Isaiah. The first coming and the second coming can be, can be separated by a comma, can be separated by a few words, uh, but we see them as they're called together. So here we see, secondly, uh, so we see this call to look for the Lord. And then notice the famous one in chapter 42, verse 1. Again, the same Hebrew word, look. 
Behold, see my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. Look at this one. Look at this one. So here, all of a sudden, this promise is given to Israel first. Because they'll someday be in Babylonian captivity soon, after these days. Isaiah's preaching ahead of time to give them hope uh, when they're in that sad condition of being in captivity because of their unbelief and their unwillingness to, to believe the Lord and obey Him. Here He is. He's pointing to one who is coming. One who is coming. I'm pointing us. I'm saying to you as a church, that same one is coming again. That's a, that's a historic fact. That's the promise of the Word of God. As He was promised to come the first time, the Lord Jesus will come again. We must in our hearts, uh, you know, longing for loved ones to come home from a trip is one thing. Longing for the Lord Jesus to come back to the earth ought to be the heart cry of every Christian. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. Amen. Behold my servant. So what does He do? Well, God promises through the Lord Jesus. Now let's follow it through. So then He begins to talk about the warrior king who's going to come and this is the Lord Jesus as He comes the second time. We talked about it. You, you can go back and look at that. But now we have this promise that through Jesus Christ, He will, when He comes again, just like when He came the first time, He will make things right. He will deal with sin and He will deal with those things which need to be done. Notice, I have kept... Now the warrior king speaks in verse 14. Are we listening? Are we listening? See, now this is about listening. I've talked about this technique with the church ever since I've been here because it is my great desire that every one of our people, I don't care how educated or uneducated they are, if they have the ability to read, which by the way, that's such a critical thing. We want to help any way we can with children to be able to read. But you have to learn to hear God's Word by not only hearing it preached like we're doing tonight, reading it out loud for yourself, but you hear with your eyes. This is what we do. We hear God's Word with our eyes. When you read your Bible, hear with your eyes. Pay attention to the words. Look at their order. Look at their structure. Look at the way things are being spoken. Look at quotations. Notice this is why I'm saying someone is now speaking, verse 14. It's not Isaiah. It's the warrior king. I have kept silent for a long time. Where's the Lord? Where is your Lord? Where is your Jesus? Look at this world. It's an absolute wreck. Where is your God? Where is Jesus? You've been saying this, all you Christians, for all these thousands of years. What, where is He? Has He forgotten about you? Has He changed His plan? Now the Lord Jesus says, I have kept silent for a long time. I have kept still and restrained myself. By the way, there was 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. You do know that. 400 years of silence. I have kept silent for a long time, and I have kept still and restrained myself. Now like a woman in labor, I will groan, I will both gasp and pant, I will lay waste to the mountains. Now all of a sudden, here we see destruction and judgment. This is always attached to the second coming of the Lord Jesus. 
This is, about, this is the warrior king. I will, I will waste the mountains and hills and wither all their vegetation. I will make the rivers into coastlands and dry up the ponds. I will, and then look at the tenderness. I will lead the blind by a way they do not know. In paths they do not know, I will guide them. I will make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. These are the things I will do. This is what the Lord Jesus is saying as He speaks prophetically through Isaiah. And I will not leave them undone. I will finish the work. Notice, they will be turned back and be utterly put to shame who trust in idols and who say to molten images, you are our gods. That was the condition of Israel. They were bowing down. They were caught up in the world of their time. They had accommodated to the world of their time. And they were idolaters. And they had walked away from the living God. That's why they were in judgment. So I show you here, uh, these things. Do you hear these words? Pay attention to what you read. Isaiah 29, 18. On that day the deaf will hear words of a book, and out of their gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind will see. Eye <clears throat> uh, has not seen, I'm going to give it to you later, eye has not seen what God has for those who love Him. Amen. You know, you think you've seen it, but you haven't. <clears throat> the revelation of, the, of John, how is he going to describe all of that? How would you have liked to have had a try at it? You see all of these things and you describe it with what you know, horses and whatever the, the, the uh, things may, equipment of your own day. We haven't even seen all that the Lord will do. Zacharias, Luke chapter 1, it's in your notes now, follow me. <clears throat> Zacharias, when he was able to... By the way, he, he was not able to speak. Remember what happened to him? The Lord said, okay, since you don't believe, you're just going to be quiet. You're not going to talk. Well, then all of a sudden, he started talking. And boy, when he started talking, he started praising God, wouldn't you? If God shut your mouth and then you got to talk again, I'd start singing praise to God. He's praising the coming of the Messiah because of the tender mercy of our God with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon us who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. You see, this is what the Lord Jesus is coming to do the first time. He comes bringing tender mercy and visiting us and healing and saving. And then Ephesians 5, remember, this is for all of us who are believers in here. You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So here's what we see. We see that the Lord Jesus will come and He will lead the blind by a way they do not know, verse 16. He will take them in paths they do not know. He will guide them. We see through a glass darkly. What we see about spiritual life is dark. We see just glimpses from the Word of God. My friends, I'm trying to say something about heaven. One day you will see... Him just as He is. Are you ready for that? Thank you, Brother Terry. I mean, you won't see with the, the cataracts of the flesh. You'll see it all. You'll experience things in heaven that you cannot even 
that astounds you. We see through a glass darkly. I'm, look, you're walking through a... Why is this happening in my life? Why do I have to go through this? Why does this trouble come? Why are all these affairs as they are? We see darkly. We don't see it all. We see what we've been given from the Word of God. This blessing is that one day we will see like we've never... We will see as we have been seen. It was driving me crazy to do this for you because the Word of God has a whole lot to say about what you see and what you hear. And I had to, like walking through a garden, pick a few little beautiful flowers for you because there's so many. So what does God do through Isaiah? Beginning in verse 18, <clears throat> he, he begs Israel to listen. He begs... How, how many times... How many... If you got a dollar for every time you told your kids to listen, some of you'd have a lot of money in the bank, wouldn't you? I, let me tell you, I'd be a rich man with my two. And then with my grandkids. You know, we're four-year-old in the car tonight. Are you listening? Yes. No, he wasn't. He wasn't listening to anything I was saying. I might as well have been yakking and talking and, you know... Had the wind blowing through the window. You know what I'm talking about. Hear, you deaf. Well, that's, that's a miracle. Deaf people can't hear. But God says, Hear, you deaf. And look, you blind, that you may see. And then He goes on and describes the condition of Israel. Because He calls Israel His servant to serve the servant that He's sending, the Messiah. Who is blind but My servant? What a sad thing for God to say. He's giving a description of Israel's condition in sin. Who is blind but My servant? Or who so deaf as My messenger? Whom I send. In other words, I'm sending a messenger and they don't even listen to what I'm telling them to, so they know what to say. Who is so blind as he that is at peace with Me? And... Who is blind as the servant of the Lord? All these questions, when you find questions, you notice they're given because the answer is no one is as blind. No one is as deaf. So the condition of Israel, listen my friends, I'm trying to go somewhere. The condition of Israel that led to their captivity in Babylon was their spiritual deafness and their spiritual blindness. They did not hear. What did the Lord say to the Pharisees? Well, now you love the prophets and you build monuments to them, but your fathers killed them all. They didn't listen to what they had to say. They pushed them aside, these crazy preachers. What are they talking about? Who's going to listen to all of that? Well, I want to get to some things here, and I want to read probably one of the saddest verses. Here's... Here's, here's a description of spiritual blindness and spiritual deafness. Verse 20, you ought to mark it down. You ought to keep it somewhere. You have seen many things, but you do not observe them. Your ears are open, but none hears. I've taught you about the Targums. It's in your notes. You remember the, the Aramaic translation, the Aramaic... Uh, Paraphrase, seeing many things, he gives no heed. With ears open, he hears nothing. 
That's the condition of lost people in our world. That was your condition and mine before Jesus Christ saved us. We saw many things, but we didn't pay attention to anything. And we heard lots of things, but we didn't care to hear any of them. You see, spiritual blindness, go back up in your outline. Spiritual blindness... uh, sees things happening around but doesn't see God's work in the daily events and circumstances of life. I've appealed and begged to this church and I'm continuing to say it. Do you see? Do you see the hand of God behind every event taking place in this world? Look, the Lord is the Lord's purposes are being done, not Donald Trump's. Not the president of China. Not, not, the, not the, the Muslims in their darkness of that demon religion. All of these things are working according to the purposes so that the Lord will go forth like a warrior and He will arouse His zeal like a man of war. The Lord Jesus is coming again. When He comes, it's not grace. It's the fierce wrath of God. You see, spiritually blind people don't see how God is working around them. I used to use a phrase, and I probably should bring it back to you. Know, so as you walk with God, you see how God is working in you. You see how God is working through you. And you see how God is working around you. Every one of you need to do that in your personal lives. Before you go home and have a Jonah moment, have you ever had a Jonah moment? He could never get happy. He was, the, he was the most miserable, complaining, prima donna preacher there ever was, Stuart. Never could be happy. Have you had a Jonah moment? Oh, Lord. I just wanted to sit under this little shade tree and you've withered it away. Oh, Lord. Look, I can't have anything. I don't even like those people. I don't want to go talk to them. Why have you put me with the... Here it goes, on and on. Jonah moment. Do you not see the hand of God in your life in the past? Look, I'm sitting here, the majority of you have been at this long enough that we all know better than to sin, but we do anyway. Look back in your life. Have you not seen repeatedly the hand of God at work in your life. Have you not? But people all around us are oblivious. They either don't care or they don't have a clue. They're blind. They cannot see beyond the events of the day to see the hand of God. Spiritual deafness hears God speaking through His Word and others. You know, God sometimes speaks to you from somebody else. But you don't like what they're telling you. You know? And so the Lord had to make a jackass talk to that stupid prophet. Because he wasn't going to pay any attention. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You better read your Bible. That's exactly what he did. Well, you're not going to listen to any human being. I'll just make this donkey talk to you. What a day that was. 
I mean, down whereby I live, there's a donkey, there's a jackass down there where I live. It is the most. He's worse than a rooster. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Baying and making noise. It's like, for heaven, I want to go roll down the window, go down there. Would somebody go tell that, go kick that donkey? Spiritual deafness. Go Google what I'm talking about if you don't know what donkeys do. They make lots of racket. Spiritual deafness hears God speaking through His Word and others, but doesn't hear God speaking. Did you hear it? Are you listening? God describes the condition of these spiritually blind people. Look at this pitiful condition. Look at this. Now I'm going to move on. I'm trying to... Uh, the choir's got to get in here and eat, so I've got to hurry and move along. Notice, the Lord was pleased in verse 21 for His righteousness sake to make a great law and a glorious law. He gave the law of God to Moses. The law of God had been given to Israel. As Paul tells us as Christians, we're not saved by keeping the law, but the law is holy. The law is good. The law is righteous. The, whole, the law points us to the standards of holiness and righteousness of God. But what happened? Because of the sin of Israel, look at what happened. They were plundered. They were despoiled, verse 22. They were trapped in caves, hidden away in prisons. This was going to be their future. Right now they were rich, but they were about to be driven away. There was going to be no one to deliver them. So notice what he says in verse number 23. I only remind you that sin leads you back into bondage. Sin leads you back into misery. So what does Isaiah do? Notice he picks up the same thing again. Verse 18, Hear you deaf. Verse 23, Who among you will give ear to this? Who's going to pay attention when you look around us and you see the, the people surrounding us who live in their sinfulness in bondage and misery and pain? That not any government program or any amount of education will solve when someone's soul has not been saved. Do we see it? Does anybody, he says, does anybody hear what I'm saying? Does anybody hear who will give heed and listen in the days ahead? It's a call to listen. And so what do we discover here? Well, he reminds them that their spiritual blindness and deafness, de deafness leads to sinfulness. And now I come to the hard part. God judges Israel and Israel is so hard, they don't even pay attention to the judgment of God. I want to read you one of the saddest verses in the Bible. Verse 25. So God poured out on him, on Israel, the heat of his anger, the fierceness of battle, and it, and it set him aflame all around, yet he did not recognize it. Now look at this last phrase. First of all, yet he did not recognize it. And it burned him, and please look at the last phrase. He paid no attention. When the Lord Jesus comes again in the great tribulation time uh, leading up to that coming, there will be disasters on the earth. And as you read it, it's one of the saddest statements. Those who are without God, who are haters of God, will cry not to God, They'll cry to the mountains to fall on them. 
because they still don't care. Somebody says, well, if you just really, boy, if God really came down here and whipped up on some people, boy, it'd change some things, would it? No, because sinfulness, a sinful man unsaved becomes, listen, becomes a hard man. Have you ever met somebody who was hardened in their sin? I have. Hardened in their sin. It's in their face. It's in their language. It's in the tone of their voice. It's in their lifestyle. Hardened by sin. He did not even recognize. They don't even recognize. We read in Romans, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven right now. For all those who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And people come see me, Pastor, I got all these things going on in my life. Well, do you walk with God? Well, I, I, Truly, a man said, well, I didn't come here to have you asked me that question. Well, well that's the question I'm going to ask you. Yeah. You're miserable. Yeah. Do you know why you're miserable? Because you live in the wickedness of your sin. That's why nobody really comes to see me much, I, you know, I guess. But I'm just saying, that's the point. Why? Why has all my family abandoned me? Well, look how you act. Look how miserable you are. Look how hateful you are. So things to remember. Like Israel, sinners are spiritually blind and deaf to the word and ways of God. Therefore I speak to them in parables. You see, a lot of people read this and say, Jesus was just being cruel. Why was Jesus so cruel? I mean, He was on the earth and it was His opportunity to tell everybody the plain truth about who He was. Really? Are you serious? Do you not know human nature? These are the Lord's words. Remember, Lord, why do you talk to them in parables? I speak to them in parables because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. The God of this world blinds the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see. I'm reading here from your Bible. You see it in your notes? They cannot see. You see, we see with our mind. This is the, seeing is a, is a description of knowledge and understanding. That's what happens. What, that's what opens to us through the blessed Holy Spirit. You see, I cannot know the wonderful truths of God's Word without God's Word and without the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Like Israel, hypocrites pretend to be spiritually seeing and hearing, but they're blind and deaf. This people draws near to me with their words and honors me with their lip service, but their hearts are far from me. And their reverence for me consists of tradition learned by rote. Isaiah 29, 13. And the Lord Jesus spoke those words also. Like Israel, spiritual blindness and deafness leads to a life of hardness toward God. Another one of those very sad verses from Hosea. Ephraim that is Israel now, another name for Israel, mixes himself with the nations. Look at this. He mixes himself with the nations. Ephraim has become a cake not turned. Strangers devour his strength. Look, and he does not know it. What happened to the glamour boy of the Old Testament? Samson. Remember that guy? Well, he told the, the woman... His strength was in his hair and she cut it off and then he went out, remember, not knowing that his strength was gone. 
Oh, let me tell you, when you have a hard heart, you have no sensibilities and no sensitivity to your spiritual condition. That is a terrible place to be. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we share the gospel. That's why we keep going. No matter what people say to you or do to you, as hard as they may be, the most hardened man or woman can come to Christ. Paul is an example. But you see, spiritual blindness and deafness leads to hardness. And hardness unchecked leads to unrepentance. And unrepentance leads to death and hell. Ephraim does not know it. Gray hairs are sprinkled on him, yet he does not know it. So Ephraim has become like a silly dove without sense. But the good news is the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to see. Now, look at these wonderful words. I've given them to you. We speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age have understood. For if they'd understood, notice the word understood, if they had understood it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. Are you listening? Do you have ears? For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. No, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. You see, that's what happens. You read your Bible and the Holy Spirit is with you saying, this is the meaning. This is what you should think about. It prompts us. The Holy Spirit, He prompts us to say, I must pray. I must get this right. I must, whatever it may be. Believers fix their eyes on Jesus. You see, we're, what are you looking at spiritually? So I asked the pastors today, uh, and they did a terrible job of answering. Uh, well, what did you learn from your solitary confinement for seven days with your kids? They did a terrible job. Well, what did you learn? Man, for some of you, you had the go, you had the go bug, but you couldn't go. The go bug, what were you going to do? I mean, you'd walked around the house so many times, what, what else could you do? You know, sometimes the Lord puts you in a place to try to get your attention. Perhaps the snowcalypse was God's way of getting your attention. Fixing our eye. How much did you think about heaven during the snowcalypse? Were you more worried about a plow? Were you more worried about going to work? Were you more worried about what, what was... Were you worried about trying to get away from your grandkids or whatever? I mean, who knows? What, what, whatever it was. Or your spouse? You see, we fix our eyes on Jesus. I'm asking you this. What do you look at spiritually? What do you set your eyes on? And what do you listen to? You know, I've decided in my life there are a lot of things I'm not going to listen to anymore. I'm just not. They don't help me spiritually. What are you looking at and what are you hearing? Believers fix their eyes on Jesus and experience the enlightening of the eyes. That's what he has in Ephesians here so that you can know what is the hope of your calling and the surpassing greatness of His power toward us. He prays for them to have their eyes, their eyes, their minds enlightened. And then believers see by faith and hear by faith. Have you ever thought about this? 
Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. I've given it to you here. The conviction of things not seen. Faith says, I believe what nobody sees. I believe what I don't see. Is that the way you live? Or do you believe in what you see? 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. Why are you going to go do that? Why are you going to go over there? Why are you going to take that on? Because God told me to do it. Abraham went out going without knowing where he was supposed to go. All right, Abraham. You're, uh, what I tell you folks, uh, Sunday, you know, my, uh, he was uh, 60, 70 years old. And God said to him, pack up everything you've got and err, you're out of here. Well, where are we going? Well, I'll tell you when we get there. I mean, now he was a rich man. He packed it all up. Like I asked the people that week, and I ask you again today, how many um, storage units would you have to empty out and haul out if you were going to go wherever God took you and you'd been living somewhere 70 years? You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But we're also reminded of this. You can be dull. You can get dull in hearing. That's a message to Christians. So what did we also learn about hearing? Well, if you hear, you do. How can I know if I'm really hearing God? Are you ready? Obedience. I do what He says. Amen. That means I really hear. And so I end by reminding you of what the Lord used to say. Now, he who has ears to hear... Right? Let him hear. And then what do we hear in the book of Revelation for us in this generation? He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Now for our hymn and we're going. Horatius Bonar. I heard the voice, by the way, hearing and seeing. I'm giving you a good hymn here. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. Lay down, thou weary one, lay down. Thy head upon my breast. I came to Jesus as I was, so weary, worn, and sad. I found in Him a resting place, and He has made me glad. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely give. The, love, the living water, thirsty one, stoop down and drink and live. I came to Jesus, I drank of that life-giving stream. My thirst was quenched, my soul revived, and now I live in Him. I heard the voice of Jesus say, I am this dark world's light. Look unto me, thy morn shall rise, and all thy day be bright. I looked to Jesus, and I found in Him my star, my sun. And in that light of life I'll, wa I'll walk till traveling days are done. Now that's enough for me. Amen? Amen. Keep on traveling. Keep on, look, you don't belong to this world, so quit acting like it, all right? There you go, Brother Terry. Keep it up. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Open our eyes that we might see the wonderful things that you have for us in your word. Give us ears, dig into our ears, Holy Spirit. Help us to remove from our ears the sounds of the world the sounds that distract us, 
May we be able to hear the sweet sound of the Holy Spirit saying, come this way, do this. Help our church to be a church that spiritually sees and that spiritually hears. To the praise of the glory of His grace. The Lord Jesus is near to the door. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.